Craft Beer Radio, episode 83, really is, on July 19th, 2007. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry i am greg weiss and over here this is jeff bear and i <laughs> thought we were on episode 79 yeah i don't know how you got, came to that conclusion i was almost positive we were on 82 and we were and now we're 83 and you're smarter than i am <laughs> just taking too much time off i suppose this week we're gonna be doing a fun show it's a brewery vertical or horizontal depending on who you ask uh-huh. and uh lost abbey which is the the belgian beer Group spinoff from Port Brewing Company in uh, San Marcos, California. It should be fun. I have a phone number here for them, too, in case you want to go into that. Mm. But, <laughs> but uh, th- what is the story of Lost Abbey? Well, they have a whole bunch of stuff here. That, their, uh, their whole website is um, what we might say at first glance, marketing speak, which we have an email about that. Yes, we do. But there's actually some good stuff hidden More than inside the, the, uh, the marketing speak. So okay, it's, it's good marketing speak. Well, it, it's marketing speak that makes you fish a little bit, but it uh, it, it gets you to to your destination. So, um, well, the first paragraph we can cut out. Uh, <laughs> um, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. Well, let's pour one first, and then we'll, we'll, while we're while you're pouring, I'll search. Okay, so we're going to start with the Avant Garde, which is a. Beer de Garde. Our first Beer de Garde on Craft Beer Radio. Beer de Garde. Well, basically, this they started as uh, a brewery project called The Lost Abbey coming out of Pizza Port. Now, I, Pizza Port was, I guess, a, a pizzeria and brewery? I believe so. When you think port, though, you think wine. Interesting, huh? Yeah, lots. Pizza Port is a renowned brewery. Gets lots of attention for its beers, but unfortunately, since we don't live in California, I've never had anything until tonight. So a change. So 1997 was when Tommy Arthur was hired by Pizza Port Salaga Beach, Solana, Solana Beach. In that in November that year, he released a double overhead Abbey Ale, which was the first Belgian style beer ever brewed by Pizza Port. Series Overhead Ales was developed, and many other Belgian-inspired beers soon followed. Tommy gained a reputation in the brewing industry, and eventually he formulated a plan to bring the beers to a wider audience, and decided to go off on his own in 2005 to form a new brewery. And there you go. I think that's pretty much the story. <laughs> that was great, taking out all the uh, colorful writing that they took hours and hours to put onto the Right, website. but you can read it on the website if you want to. It's at uh, docs.google.com slash... <laughs> I assume it's Lost, lost Abbey, right? Yeah, lostabbey.com. So you, you can read all the stuff that we left out. <laughs> in that ridiculous. It, everything on their site, it just goes into complete cre- crazy detail. Um, the beer descriptions we'll be reading in a moment are like on the abbreviated. If you go to the show, the full story, it gives you like the entire biography. It was a late Thursday afternoon, and I had a pastrami sandwich and decided to have you know to brew this beer. <laughs> so this is the beer de garde. Now, what is a beer de garde? It, it's a French style. It is um, similar to a saison. There'll be some of that uh, wild 
type character to it, but it, uh, typically they come across as a little more sweet, fru- right? more fruity, I believe. Let's see. There should be kind of a, a toasted malt aroma and a slight sweetness, uh, malty to the flavor. And it, it's not like we're really speaking from experience, because I've only had one other beer to guard, and that's been the Beard to Art from Heavyweight, which is another American one, so don't have a huge pool of experience to draw from for the beer to guard. Well, like we said, this is their avant-garde from Lost Abbey. So this is 7% alcohol by volume. You know, you get some of that Belgian candy sugar aroma with some maltiness on top, and the color is kind of a, a, a golden straw. Yeah, the aroma I was getting some kind of fruity and earthy mixed together, but I really can't dial in on exactly what it is. And the the flavor, which I just took a sip, it's a light body, highly carbonated, nice fizzy beer, something Greg's probably enjoying a lot. Has this... It's got a healthy alcohol bite to it. Yeah, yeah, has this bite. Um, it's got, you know, and, and the alcohol bite is really hitting uh, right, in, right in the front of, of your tongue, and a little penet- it's penetrating in the back of your tongue a little bit too, and... It's kind of surrounding this, this malty, kind of sweet flavor. But that alcohol bite's very prominent in this one. And then the aftertaste is, I want to say, bitter, but not hop bitter. It's, um, it's really hitting Salty the, bitter. It's really hitting the back of my tongue. It's really laying on it hard. It's not sour. It's, it's an earthy flavor. Yeah. I think, you know... I'm, I don't know, I'm just like, what is that? But to me, it just seemed like it was a bitter, but a completely different kind of bitter than what you expect when you're drinking beer. Maybe a little biscuity in the back there. You know what? I have had another beer to guard on the list here. They mentioned Oro de Calabaza from Jolly Pumpkin Ales as a beer to guard. I had that one on New Year's Eve, amongst many other beers. So I don't have a <laughs> very clear memory don't of that. I have no idea what it actually tasted like. This is malted with two-row honey malt and port custom toast. Which is made by, which is made in the pizza ovens at uh, Pizza Port. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, hot uh, by uh, German Brewers Gold. Streis Spalt Spalt. Is that how you say that? Yes. And uh, Czech Zots. And uh, yeast is house house lager strain with hybrid fermentation at ale temperature. Okay. That's that's interesting. So that actually that explains some of the flavors that I'm getting, some of the back end flavors, kind of what we we're talking about, earthy and that kind I of think, like a commons that sort of that yeah, sort. like what, the kind of flavors you get out of Anchor Steam. There's some of that in this beer behind all the crazy Belgian stuff, and um, it certainly it makes a little more sense. And the Brewer's Gold. Well, we should explain a California Commons is an ale brewed with lager yeast, so uh, you get. A different sort of flavor out of it because it's brewed with a different. Right. It, it's brewed at um, at ale temperatures it's with brewed, lager yeast. Brewed at ale temperatures. It's not every lager yeast. It's it's a certain lager yeast that's kind of hybridized to work at warmer temperatures and do that. It's not like they're using, you know, a traditional German, you know, yeast to do it. They're using a California Common or Steam Beer yeast. And a lot of our listeners know that um, Anchor Steam is the most popular one. They own the trademark on Steam Beer, so the name for the style that's Royalty free would be uh, <laughs> California Common. Well, you know, since we talked about marketing speak, and it leads right into both an email and a macro muck that I have here. So this comes from Jamie Barlow, who says that uh, 
I'm not taking y'all to task for your dis- – you said y'all, by the way. I didn't just add that in there. <laughs> I'm not taking y'all to task for your dismissive phrase, marketing speak, but I think this is an interesting topic, topic worthy of expanding upon and clarifying. I've heard you say the words in a lot of bottles of beer are just a bunch of marketing speak. What exactly does that mean? What do you want to see? And he goes on to you know, say, why are you kind of dissing marketing speak when it's valuable? And – I responded back to him, and I don't remember if you joined in the conversation or not, but basically my point was marketing speak serves a purpose, and we respect that, and we understand what it's there for, but at the same time, it does sound kind of silly when we're saying it on the radio, Yeah, because we don't want to come off like we endorse it, and we also don't want to come off like we're dupes. Mm-hmm. For just you know spouting out what they what they say to us, so we always try to identify it as marketing speak and also kind of poo poo it because we want to make sure it's it's treated differently from what we actually say about the beer. So that's just when we when we say marketing speak, we're not saying every marketing department is horrible and we hate it. We're just we're more or less like saying right. we'd rather not read you marketing speak if if at all possible, right. He, you know, he mentioned there. What would you like to see on a bottle of beer? And then I was too busy to join in the conversation. But uh, to answer that question, um, a, a more um, at the same time more plain, but also more detailed description of what the characteristics of the beer are. Uh, or at least we like that available somewhere. Stay away. It doesn't from, have to be. I mean, with the web, you can put that somewhere. It doesn't have to be yeah. on your bottle. I mean, stay away from the the over marketed. Hints of chestnut and toffee and overtones of garnet hues and you know I mean sure it, it makes great verbiage but does it really tell the listener what they're getting and you know, some of that some of those like might be sounding a little bit hypocritical because what's our show about talking about the right. descriptions of the flavors but it just seems like the more most of the bottles I read give you these descriptions that are just a stretch a, a stretch. Yeah. They're stretched. They're out there just to to make this beer sound grander than it is. I would say a more working man's description. And again, that could be hypocritical because we're hardly the working man beer drinker. But um, true. I just think that they're just going a little too poetic with these things. American amber brewed with Cascade hops. That's good start right there. You know how it's hopped. You know how it'll compare it to an American amber brewed with Chinook hops. Now, someone would say that's not going to bring a. a, a a neophyte in and um, American you amber, have to know what a Chinook hop is in order to understand what that means American amber brewed with Chinook hops that gives you a grapefruity flavor or something like that you know flavor reminiscent of citrus yeah I'm not going to say I'm going to have the perfect argument <laughs> right now but I mean that's kind of the direction I'd like to see things on labels describing what I'm about to taste in terms that are better than that poetic big scrolly writing that you know they typically so you're saying in terms they're a little more i don't want to say pedestrian but a little more uh down to earth a little yeah down to earth um like you know, dra- you know dragnet I, you just know, the fact to ma'am. me you know it, it's it's okay if you want to be floral and stuff it's just have the other information available somewhere yeah. as, mean, as long as and especially for us because the point is we're trying to give you the information as as strict as we can come to it and then give you our interpretation of the beer. We're not trying to give you their interpretation mm-hmm. and saying, oh, yeah, or oh, no. Yeah, I don't mean to be taking all the romance out of beer either. You know, there's certainly plenty of room to romance a beer. It's just the majority of the descriptions you see on bottles just 
aren't what I would write, but this doesn't give me. Let's use an example. Let's read the Everyone back. Everyone something different. You want to read the back of the Lost Abbey here? Okay. From the French of the word "garde," meaning something to, something worth keeping. This farmhouse style is most delicious. Is a most delicious companion to a loaf of freshly baked bread from the oven. Grab a seat on the porch with some soft cheese and tree-ripened apple from your grandmother's old orchard. Relax and watch the evening arrive as the afternoon sun is consumed by so the... So, so you can see they're painting a picture for you. Yes, the illumination moon over the gardens. We brewed avant-garde for you, our friends and families. Here's to things worth guarding over. Now, I mean, see, to me, that's that's all nice and good to keep on your bottle. And people like that. People like when there's a little bit of poetry on there, a little bit of something to interest mm-hmm. them on a bottle. And I'm fine with that. I'm also really glad that on their website they have a listing of exactly what's in here. The malts, the yes. hops, the yeast, the information. Because that's what we use when we want to get something across. Yeah. And if, if you, you, wanted, go to if you a, wanted to find out about the beer, you could. This is not your only description. And that's what I I really dislike when the only thing you're going to find is some marketing speak blurb about yeah, a beer and there's nothing else. An international Belgian import. Their websites are just all marketing for most part. You know, the big brewers. I'll try to find details on Francis Connor or um, Hogarden. Right. Or even St. Bernardus. You know, it's it's 99% marketing speed. Absolutely. And that that really bugs me. That's when we, I know that I get kind of annoyed when it's like, you know, tell me something more about the beer than just what you want us to hear about the beer. Give, give, me, give me something that I can go on as, I, I guess we're connoisseurs of this one, as a connoisseur, and give me some some idea of, of, of what I'm going to be putting in my body. I don't know. That's yeah. I, I, you have a great point. You know, put it somewhere on the website if it's not on the bottle. <laughs> the Lost Abbey website has those details, and thank God because yeah. the rest of it is just like what I tried to read on the back of that <laughs> bottle. It's just craziness. Now, I wanted to say this does kind of lead into a macro muck, which is kind of a micro muck uh, this week. It's on the second to last page. Okay. Uh, this is um, about craft. <laughs> This is about Capital Brewery and Anheuser-Busch, and they're fighting over the title of number one beer. Now, Capital Brewery is calling themselves America's number one rated brewery. And why are they doing this? Because in 1998, there was a Brewers Tasting Institute ranking, and they an international ranking, and they were uh, seventh overall in the international contest and the number one of UN. 1998. And they're mm-hmm. still calling themselves America's number one rated brewery. Right. And they decided to trademark the the term. And as soon as you trademark it, people can bring up, you know, if you're just using it and just saying it, right. then that's okay. But as soon as you try, try to trademark it, people can sue you. And uh, Anheuser Bush sued them and said, hey, we're the king of beers. You can't just say you're America's number one rated brewery because that's meaningless. And in, in a sense, they, they have. They have some that's, that's nice. That's a little double speak right there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but they do have um, they do have basis for this. Boston Beer tried to trademark uh, Sam Adams as the best beer in America, and they were denied, saying that in the what was it the appeal board for the trademark trial and appeal board said that this was merely descriptive and could not be trademarked. Mm-hmm. So you can use; they can still use King of Beers because that's been with them for so long, right? That it kind of is trademarked by that by default. 
but you can't call yourself the number one beer or the best beer in America. I thought that was kind of interesting is from a marketing perspective what they have to deal with. Right. So they answer their phones the number one <laughs> capital brewery, the America's number one rated brewery. And it's like, I don't know if I've ever had stuff from Capital, but I looked at their stuff on Beer Advocate, and they're not really rated though that high. <laughs> I can't name one thing they make. I think I've heard of them before, but yeah. They're... And I don't want to diss them because, like I said, I've never tried their stuff, and they are in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee is a beer town. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to the avant-garde here for a second. It's warmed up a bit. I need to pour a little bit more. I just about finished my glass. It's hot today. Yeah, it definitely is a hot one here. Thunderstorm cold front was supposed to blow through. It got yeah. more humid and hotter. Low pressure zone didn't do anything. Hmm. I'm getting a little bit of um, apples, maybe. Pear, somewhere in there. And it has almost like a little bit of a whiny character to it, too. Like a... Um, like whining, like whang. Yeah. <laughs> I just hear it through the mouth of the bottle there. A little bit of vinous. Almost something you get out of like a Kolsch or something like that. Reminiscent a little bit of that flavor in there as well. I'd say you're right. I like I like your description of apple. There's a little bit of an appleiness. Mm-hmm. And a peatiness. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I do like it. It's yeah. really, it's, it's, I mean, for a 7%, especially as it warms up, it's really drinkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I've only had one or two other avant-garde's or um, beer guards, and from what I remember, the heavyweights, I, I really enjoyed this one. It this one's more earthy. The other one, from what I remember from several years ago, mm-hmm. was like a super fizzy, high alcohol, fruity Belgian triple type style. Like they're like really tiring on your tongue because you're just getting us all with the sweetness and the powerful and all that. But this one's a little more mellow and the earthiness kind of. Balances it out. It's, it's not. Yes, it's not really killing you with flavor. There's a little bit of. I, I don't want to say aqueousness because it doesn't really have that kind of watery feel to it, but it does have a little bit of of, of break in flavor. It kind of you know there's a bit of flavor here and there's a bit of, of area where there's no flavor just to kind of let or or a very little flavor just kind of let that go through and and just sort of not overwhelm your tongue. Right. Hey Greg, guess what time it is? Already? Not that time. Okay. Guess again. It's time for the uh, Craft Beer Radio annual fundraising. Yeah! DVD. DVD. Thank you, everyone, who's purchased the DVD after the announcement uh, two weeks ago. We've had a tremendous response so far. And we've also had a great response from breweries who've donated us swag. Look at all this swag. And for people who might have missed it last time, if you buy a DVD, you get entered into a drawing to get some free stuff from breweries. We wrote some breweries that we know, some friends of the show. And we've gotten a lot of stuff back. We got two t-shirts from Dogfish Head. We got two shirts from Trogues Brewing, Nugget Nectar shirts. We have uh, a uh, the Big Hop shot, Big Hop shirt from East End. We got some nice hats from Boulevard. Some nice glasses from Boulevard. Too. We got five baseball caps from Brooklyn Brewing Company. They're pretty sweet. I wish I could keep one for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I just told you how many there were. So if I don't draw five when we give them away, you can call me. And yeah. oh, we got a pair of ladies' panties from Flying Dog. That's right. They say doggy style on the back. They're cool. <laughs> we got a big ass metal dog bowl from Flying Dog. We got some glassware from Boulevard as well. Brooklyn gave us two copies of the Brewmaster's Table from Garrett Oliver's beer pairing with food book. A couple copies of Beer School. 
Got Hometown Beer, a story of beer in Kansas City from Boulevard. A t-shirt from Flying Dog, the Woody Creek uh, White t-shirt. Uh, there's I'm other sure stuff there's more there. to come, and you know, and it's all... If you want to give us a little bit of a donation, you'll get one of these in the, while supplies last. You'll get a drawing. We'll get a drawing, yeah. Okay. Drawing. It's not first come, first serve. We're having right. a drawing. And uh, the DVD is $25. We know you can download all the shows off the website. It's more of a donation to thank you. Uh, sometime all year we're going to ask for money. And uh, I think the shirts are a pretty good reason <laughs> to, uh, yeah, to donate. Mean, there's some cool stuff there. Yeah. And um, if you're interested in the uh, Flying Dog uh, Ladies Panties, put a little note with your order <laughs> so we can... Because uh, I'm not sure who we give that to. There's been no women who've, who have... Um, Bought the DVD yet? Right. Maybe someone's girlfriend would like him or wife. I don't know. Daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll go well. <laughs> um, so you can go to our website. At the very top, there's a link where you can go on to PayPal and then uh, send your money to us and uh, give us your money. Oh, and if you're a brewery out there, or if you have beer swag and you would like us to mention you, promote you on the website, talk about you right now, next week, email me and uh, send us. The stuff you want to give away, as little or as much as you want to give. If you want to give us a truckload of t-shirts, that's fine. If you want to give us one t-shirt, it's great, too. I wanted to bring up the, this email from Heath. He says, first of all, Jeff, congratulations on the new baby. I'm sorry to hear about the impending end of craft beer radio, he says. <laughs> kind of is joking. You know, I don't think it's going to end just because Jeff has a baby, but you never know. Yeah, I'm not planning on it. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep it going. I want to thank everyone who sent me email this past week. It was pretty cool getting all the congratulation emails from everyone. So thank you, everybody. Uh, he mentions that Whitakirk, a Whitbeer from Belgium, is can condition. We talked about last week, can you can condition right. a, uh, a Whitbeer and keep the yeast in there. So, yep, you can. Um, and then he says, Greg, you're starting to use the phrase, it is what it is a lot, and it's really annoying. Maybe it's because that's what a lot of management types are using where I work when they're giving your concerns the brush off. So maybe that's just me, but I hate the phrase. Well, I'll try not to say it. I'll try to pick it out next time. So I'll try in the future. Well, this means two things, really. The first thing it means is in the future, I will try hard not to say this. It also means that today I'm going to try to insert it as much time as possible. <laughs> um, so that that's uh, from Heath. Thanks, that, Heath. It's, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the next beer. We're going to do the Red Barn Ale. Red Barn Ale. These Farm beers, ale. these beers were all sent in by listener Mike from San Diego. So thank you very much, Mike. You are the man. So this is going to be a saison. Jeff, describe saison for our listeners. Saison is a what we call a Belgian farmhouse style, uh, typically brewed in the. Winter and spring for drinking throughout the summer when it's too hot to make beer. Uh, it's a light straw-colored beer. I love this style of beer. Has a lot of those earthy flavors we were talking about. Has a little bit of Belgian wildy funk in there. I just think it's a great combination for a beer and for summertime. It's a good drinker. Can't go wrong with summertime beer and a, a little saison to do you right. This is six point seven percent alcohol by volume, malted with two-row and flaked wheat and flaked oats. Interesting combination there. So. Go ahead and finish. I'll bring it in. Oh, okay, hops are Phoenix and German Tutnang. The yeast is a Belgian Saison yeast, and it is mixed with some adjuncts here. Dextrose, ginger, orange peel, black pepper. Holy smokes. And grains of paradise. Wow. Okay, so this is going to be some interesting flavors, I think. <laughs> and, you know, there'll be oftentimes where I use the uh, 
adjective that the beer has a farmhouse character or something like that. And when I say that, it's going to be a lot of things we're probably going to describe in this beer. So it's, first of all, the color is a an, another golden straw color. The uh, the ginger aroma is hardcore on this thing. Ginger, and you know, I don't know if I would have detected it if I didn't read it, but I definitely detect a little bit of a peppery aroma there. Yeah, maybe. The ginger, I mean, it just smells like the uh, little spice jar of crystallized ginger I have upstairs. Well, I mean, ginger is a powerful spice, so yeah. it'll come through even just a little teeny bit. It'll be interesting because I really like naked saisons, right? Something with just a little bit of spice. And this one's hardcore. This yeah. is like <laughs> Christmas saison. So it'll be interesting to see what I think of it when we start drinking it here. Even though I am enjoying the sucking in the aroma of that uh, ginger for sure. Whoa. Oh, wow. And there's that funk at the end, too. Wow. It's, that's different. Very interesting. There's a kaleidoscope in there. There's, um... Yeah, I mean, you're first getting kind of like a honey flavor. But then it kind of... It goes kind of very peaty and, and, and almost... What's that, um... Horse, uh... Horse blanket? Yeah, horse blanket. I don't know if there's that kind of funk in here, but it's it's light horse blanket. It's not disgusting horse blanket. It's just there is a little bit of I think a horse blanket there. I can definitely taste the grains of paradise. I mean, you hear about grains of paradise as one of the specialty grains in Sam Adams Summer Ale, and since it's TV commercials, you might hear about it. It's it's a lot mellower in the Sam Adams than it is in this beer. This beer definitely getting the grains of paradise. Let's see if I can describe what that tastes like. Yeah, because I'm not really familiar with them. It's like, you drink it, you can taste that spice in there. It's, I hesitate to say coriander because it, it's, a, it's a starting place, but it's not tasting like coriander. From coriander, I'm going to go through a lot of this beer trying to pick this color out, because <laughs> I have to take a sip and I forget it. If you like blend coriander and anise... That's an interesting combination. <laughs> take a sip and see if you can get that... Or if I'm completely crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can pick out those those two flavors. They're not quite distinct. They're kind of mad. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of married. And uh, uh, but that's that flavor you're tasting there. That's that's from the grains of paradoid the dice. I'm still tasting too much cracked black pepper though. Trying to figure out what food that grains of paradise would be good with. This is this is is, is a dish that I would definitely or, or a beer that I would definitely pair with with uh, white fish. If I was going to pair it with something, I'm thinking like uh, um, some sort of cod or catfish or something like that. Mm. This Rab- is a blackened catfish might be really nice. Really? See, yeah. I'm thinking more along the lines of pork or rabbit or something like that. Pork would have to be done right. Done really light and tender. Or rabbit. rabbit. Really? Yeah. Rabbit. Chicken's too boring for this one. You need something a little. You need a little more gamey taste. <laughs> this, this, no, this, and, and chicken. I don't think will go too well because need, chicken I, is kind of. You know, it's it's a little flavorless. I mean, right? But rabbit's more gamey, so it'll complement the the farmhouse funk we get going on here. That's why I think rabbit would be a good pairing. I'm you know I, I'm trying to picture rabbit because it's been a while. Okay. And dark you know something like dark right, it's, meat it's a darker meat it's a little bit game it's a little bit though so it'd be something a little bit like dark meat of the turkey yeah okay but not quite as turkey flavored <laughs> <laughs> more more flavored like rabbit <laughs> exactly 
No, I think this is more of a. Um, I'm just not. Re- I think this is overpowering for a lot of fish. Almost any fish I can think of. No. Well, that's why I'm suggesting whitefish because whitefish is, is doesn't have a lot of flavor to it. it; has a flaky texture and kind of absorbs other other flavors. And you drink this with kind of a a lemon, you know, lemon crusted fish or something like that, mm-hmm. like a lemon maybe a lemon uh, crusted tilapia, and uh, maybe something with like rosemary on it or something like that. Rosemary. Well, I, I more think of rosemary as sort of a beef accompaniment than a oh, fish accompaniment. Really, it's oh. kind of resiny. So okay, maybe I'm thinking of something different. Dill? Nah, that's not the way I'd go at all. Um, what's that other spice that I've used a couple times? Uh, thought it was rosemary. Maybe it's thyme. No. Sage? Sage is more of a turkey. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you could have. I guess you could use rosemary on fish. I guess it could work. It's kind of woody and resiny though, so I'm more associated with beef. Oh, okay. See, I picture it more of a fragrant floral type lavender or somewhere in there. Craft Spice Radio. Yes. <laughs> the um, Speaking of which, there was a, a post on um, Lou Bryson's blog a couple weeks ago. I don't think we talked about it yet. It was about... Well, it is what it is. <laughs> it was about um, taking notes of the beers you drink and coming up with descriptions of your beers. And he made a point of, um, you know, pay attention to everything you taste, everything you smell. And incorporate these into your beer vocabulary. And one example was he had a, um, it was a, a Belgian style. I think it was a, a lamb bake or something. He said it had aroma of, um, or taste of fresh cracked granite. And I was like, well, I would never thought of comparing beer to rocks. <laughs> and it was just like this experience of like, oh, yeah, I can do, I can use flavors from like things that aren't food. And aromas from things that aren't food. Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, it's a good point. It, it it's funny because you know I'm you're saying this a very good point and something that I could bring up. And all I'm thinking about is this aftertaste in my mouth. This this crazy floral and and spicy aftertaste. It is so aromatic and pl- extremely pleasing and very pleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, I mean, it really is kind of remarkable. This, it, I don't like flavors that linger. I'm not a big fan of are that. You, are you burping ginger like I am? I'm not really burping a lot. Oh, okay. It's just it's just kind of remaining in, in my uh, on my palate, and it's this is really good. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that. Just kind of like letting it sit on my tongue, and, and it's kind of it's not really sitting in, in right in the base of my tongue. It's sitting very right, the very back of my tongue, and kind of in my cheeks, and a little bit of the roof of my mouth. And it's not like sticky, but mm-hmm. it's a very fragrant. And right. very floral. I mean, yeah, it's almost like there's this bundle of spices, like the kind of thing you put inside a turkey when you bake a turkey. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like this bundle of spices in this beer. And it's. A, I'm wondering if it's a really thought-out progression. I wonder if Tommy was like, um, okay, so the ginger's going to hit you hard, but then you're going to get numb to the ginger really fast. Then the grains of paradise are going to follow up. I wonder if that was a, a progression or if it was more of just a blend he was trying to reach. Because it's almost like telling a story. Because like, boom, ginger. And then two sips later, you're numb to the ginger. And then it's like, hey, there's the grains of paradise. Right, right. And maybe that black pepper is going to come through sooner or later, but I'm still not tasting it. I taste it. I mean, I think it's there to, to mellow out the ginger. It's there to kind of give a contrast to that ginger and kind of hit it with a spice right away to kind of 
push yeah, it down. You know, maybe I'm confusing black pepper with just the phenols. Maybe I think what I'm tasting is just phenols out of the beer. So that could be. But yeah, this is a, a good saison. Not, I mean, fresh fresh black pepper is also I mean, a very floral thing. I mean, yeah. It's got a lot of aroma to it, a lot of flavor. Yeah, it's a, the aroma has a bit of a bite to it. And that's what I'm not picking out how I would expect it to come across. It could be one of those things when you use it as a spice in beer, it doesn't taste how you expect it to taste. Like honey or... Um, well, that black pepper beer tastes a lot like Well, but that was... That, that was Greg's yeah, talking about the pepper draft he had in, in <laughs> Japan. And you can go back to a previous show and hear about how horrid that beer was. Not because of the pepper, too, which was the, the, the big, big, massive irony of the whole thing. <laughs> but it is what it is. Brett says, you were correct in... With, you were correct with the bug Brett call on the Russian yeah, River that was, that was Bruce who said that. Oh, sorry. Bruce says, you were correct with the bug Brett call on the Russian River Salvation. I've had all the batches, and the O3 had a bit of bread in it. I contacted Vinny, and he said, long story short, a bit of bread mistakenly made it into batch O3, which is what we had. Like he said, mm-hmm. we had it. <laughs> I loved it, and I'm holding on my remaining bottles to let it develop a bit more Brett character. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting, because... I, I mentioned it. I thought all the Asians were, were funky beers. And the description was, hey, it's just, just brown ale. And then we drink it, and it's, it's funky. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, Bruce, thanks for that info. That That's great stuff that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Except for our great listeners at Craft Beer Radio. Who should buy DVDs? Speaking of uh, great listeners and great fans and people helping out the show... The new issue of Draft Magazine is on the shelves. Draft Magazine. He was on the cover there. Rusty, Rusty Wallace. Wallace. Who, uh, retired NASCAR driver. See, on this episode, we have All-American issue. On this episode? <laughs> yes, on this issue, <laughs> which is the uh, July-August 07. 137 domestic beers. They go through and have a ton of beer reviews in this one. America, the beer tiefel. A regional look at the United States brew scene. America. And uh, so each region is written by a different author. So we have um, several people that have been on the show. Don Russell wrote the Northeast section. He hasn't been on the show. I'm not exactly sure what Don does. I'll look that up. Randy Mosher, the guy who writes um, Radical Brewing, is the South section. Interesting. Midwest is Bob Skilnick, the guy we had on about the uh, history of beer brewing in Chicago. Bob Skilnick, good guy. The Rockies and Pacific. Pacific Brew News is very own Rick Sellers. All right, Rick. His, go. Uh, his uh, journalistic debut. He got two and a half whole pages. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, there's the Craft Beer Radio ad in it. So thank you again, Draft. Um, everyone who wants to subscribe to Draft Magazine, go to our website. There's a link there. Is there still a link up there? No, there's not. I'll put the link back up. There you go. There's a link there to um, get a discount so you can get the subscription for $7 off the retail price, I believe. They have a bunch of reviews. They have reviews of cream ales in here, which I found interesting because cream ales typically aren't styles of beer that I really care for. I've had, I mean, the last time I, I remember my dad used to drink Genesee cream ale, and it's an '88. Yeah, I remember liking it. And I remember you know, that—that's a beer, one of the only beers that I absolutely loved in a mug. Okay, like you know, one of those beer mugs, the thick, big beer mugs that I don't think really give you a good taste of beer like a, like a pint glass does, but in a mug that Genesee with that alcohol and that kind of. Really interesting uh, sour. Oh, it's kind of sour, but not really. To follow up the Genesee is something to make everyone jealous. Spotted Cow from New Glarus, which I know him, but the people in Wisconsin think it's 95 for cream ale. I got to try some Genesee again, because I do remember actually really you know, enjoying that. And that was one of the beers I had when I was, 
Um, I don't want to get my father in trouble here, but he'd give me little sips of beer when I was a little bit younger, a little bit below beer, you know, full beer drinking age. But I think that was okay because it was under his supervision the whole time. So uh, another good episode of Draft Magazine. Uh, I definitely think it's worth subscribing. Um, Oh, there's an article here about um, Monk's Flemish Cafe. Monk's Cafe Flemish Sour. Monk's Cafe is a brewery or a bar out near Philly. We got a bottle of this. It's it's brewed by uh, Browery Van Steenberg, which I think does St. Bernardus oh. for for this, and it's a Flanders Red. Really? Gotta yeah. give that a shot. I mean, when I think of Monk's Cafe, I think of Seinfeld. Okay. Isn't that where they went to? I don't know. To eat, they went to Monk's. I don't know. I don't know either. Oh well. <laughs> and the uh, the the interview with Rusty Wallace. Well, it is what it is. Nice. Very nice. Jeff's getting into the play a little bit. Yep. Going to toss that around a bit. All right, so that was the uh, the Red Barn Arrow, the Saison, which was just tremendous. I love it. I love it. Yep, there's more left. That'll be some post-show mm. cleanup right there. Okay, so what's this one? Lost and Found. Lost and Found. This is their Abigail. So this is, uh, you know, it's what you might call a single. So you we'll have to see what color it pours. It, it could be... Like, Omegang Abbey is really closer to a double, so right. we'll have to see how it pours. But they call it an Abbey, so it should be not as dark and roasty as a double. By the uh, way, Not we, as light as a golden ale. It should be somewhere in between with a little bit of Belgian Abbey-type flavor to it. Two things we should mention. First of all, thank you very much to Mike W. from San Diego for sending this to us. Yeah, he's the man, ain't he? He is the man. These are awesome. So far, at least. He's been great. Looks more double like in the in the way it's pouring. That's pouring a little lighter than. Well, let's see. Once it fills the glass, it might get a little bit darker. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's pouring pretty double like. Uh, and also, we should mention that we're drinking these in chalices. Yeah, we're using the Chimay glasses. We haven't really noticed those uh, nucleation points really. I've not noticed them. Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay. It's hard to notice on this one because it, it's so dark. When I washed these glasses last time, I really checked out the nucleation point. There's a little fleur-de-lis in there, and it's it's barely noticeable. It's not really raised. It's just a little scratch in the glass, a little fleur-de-lis on the bottom of the chalice. That's all you need is a scratch in the glass. So, yeah, this is pretty dark. This is actually, like, really dark, dark brown with some kind of peach highlights. And it's very very double smelling i mean it really has a lot of a, a malty and sweet aroma to it Bit of a, i'm a, getting i'm getting more sweetness than i am i'm not really getting a malted barley type aroma off of it really cuz i'm definitely smelling even a little bit of chocolate like like a chocolate and a raisin i'm definitely getting raisin a little bit of alcohol a lot of alcohol for me does this have I, I was looking through, when i was preparing the notes i noticed something had some kind of raisin something or another in it that was that this beer yeah, there you go. It has a raisin puree in it. It has dextrose in it, which is, you know, for, I guess that will do their Belgian sugar. And Chef Vince's raisin puree, which I guess is, you know, the chef putting raisins into a food processor and <laughs> putting it on pulse. Wow. That's that's nice. It's um finishes very dry. Ooh. You definitely get the raisin oh. flavor. It it's it it's like an amplified Raisin dark fruit flavor that we talk about show after yeah. show and anything that's porter or stout or roasty, but it, here it is in this brown ale, and uh, it's not overpowering. It, it it fits in there. It just slides right in there, and it's a good fit. Yeah, I mean, 
all these beers, they've really been very careful and not over to not overdo it. And that is an extremely, extremely admirable trait, something that mm-hmm. is not shared by a lot of brewers. You know, when days. I first tasted that ginger in that Saison, I thought that would be the one that was a little too crazy. But like I said, the ginger muted and it came across good. Yeah, but I agree with you, Greg. The solid beers. I mean, you know, because we, we see a lot of stuff, and particularly beers from the West Coast, will try to jam flavors that you just kind of overwhelm you with flavor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can certainly understand that particularly someone who's coming off of drinking Budweiser and Pabst their whole life is going to be like, wow, look at all the flavor. But mm-hmm. as you drink more and more beers, you start to like things that maybe are a bit more subtle. And I'm not trying to say these are subtle. These are not subtle beers. I mean, these are flavorful, like, very flavorful beers. But they just they, they have that panache to know when to quit, to know when to stop hitting you over the head and, and realize... I mean, it, it, it's a drinkability factor. It's a huge drinkability factor in all these beers. Very flavorful, but still drinkable. At the same time, they're 7.5%, so it's not like they're session beers. I mean, these have all been... Uh, either uh, uh, approaching or above seven percent. You can't have a whole bunch of these. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And we picked it. I'm glad. You know, I've never had a Lost Abbey, and we just decided we had these beers. The styles were a little bit different, a little bit hard to fit them into the Belgian style shows. I'm like, let's do a brewery vertical in the middle of our Belgian flight. We picked the right brewery. <laughs> we certainly picked the right. I brewery. mean, these these have all been really great. Now. Uh, like I said, 75% alcohol by volume. This is malted with two-row wheat, medium and dark English crystal, special bee and chocolate malt. Hops with German magnum and German tetnang, tetnang, however you want to say it. Yeast is a proprietary Belgian yeast strain. We have an email from uh, Joe here. First-time listener. He's getting caught up on the show. We love getting these new listeners. Yeah. That's good stuff. And he um, wanted to comment on how I mentioned certain beers being chalky. He's not sure if it helps, but he thinks what we're describing, he's always referred to as a mouthfeel that is fuzzy. He gets this in a lot of Belgians. It's a good example. A good example would be North Coast Prankster. Either way, it's another descriptor to use. So I started thinking about it. I'm thinking about how I use chalky and would fuzzy fit. And my first impression was not not so much, because when I think fuzzy, it's going to be the flavor like licking a peach or something like that, like that. The texture, sure. Fuzzy would be more of a texture. So I, I could, I could imagine how I'll get fuzzy out of a beer sometime, and I'll affected beer. I imagine would be pretty fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not talking about ones like fuzzy mold growing on top, <laughs> but I mean, you could imagine how like the texture of when you like the outside of a peach, you know, get that in your beer. I mm-hmm. could definitely come across at some point. So I told Joe, you know, if he hears me say fuzzy, you know, it'll be thanks to him because right. it'll be like it's like the cracked granite. It's a descriptor that I hadn't thought of using before. But to me, fuzzy probably means something different than what Joe does if he thinks chalky and fuzzy are the same. Because to me, they're really pretty different. Chalky is a more of a dry, tart. Um, I guess more so the main difference would be tart. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> That's got to get annoying to people. I love it. Oh, I need to uh, thank... Uh, I need to thank listener Chris, who has offered me lodging for the Great American Beer Fest. Awesome. Yep, it's uh, 
I think you said a 10 minute taxi ride from the convention center. That's, that's plenty good. I can't wait to see pictures and stuff from that. You gotta. I'll shoot a lot of pictures. Yeah. I'll record some stuff. Uh, that'll be fun. So, uh, thanks everyone who offered. Basically, I had to shop around and take the best offer. And the, you know, I was like, should I hold out for a better offer or take Chris's? And I, I'm just going to take Chris's because it, it's pretty nice. So, thanks, Chris. And uh, thanks, everyone else who offered to put me up for um, the Beer Fest. It'll be fun. I'm a pretty cool guy to hang out with. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. <laughs> hey, Jeff is. I'm always in bed by 8.30. So. <laughs> Unless you have a server to work on. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie also Jamie Barlow also wrote another email to us saying uh, you guys need to bring on Scott whenever you can Scott Smith who was here on 82 that guy was cool and funny and he didn't harsh on the rhythm you guys have well I definitely noticed that that you know normally when we have a guest we're like uh uh what but Scott fitted like that just, yeah. he just fit right in slid into the slipstream and just took off with the show so don't want to harsh the mellow man he also says, "I feel with you on the smart and uh, the smart. <laughs> I feel with you on the smoked beer, Greg. The, sfer- the first smoked beer I had was about fifteen years ago, and it was awesome, like a smoked sausage beer, a perfect balance. Lots of what I've had since then is like drinking liquid smoke. Effing nasty. It's hit or miss with me too, mostly miss. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like all of a sudden, at least that night, I couldn't take the mm-hmm. beer at all. I couldn't take the smoke. From yeah, I mean, I was definitely surprised that your reaction for a couple of beers were like you said. You know, it had initiated your gag reflex. I'm like, really? I mean, because it's not like you're a guy with like a, a finicky stomach. You know, <laughs> I know. It, it, I mean, yeah, I, I'll try anything, and, yeah. and I'll probably enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell all all of the listeners. It's just I really couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was that night. I mean, strange. You know, maybe it's something I ate before right. that you know hit me in that way. But and I've had Alaskan smoked porter and loved it a couple times. Yeah. And then that night I was still <laughs> gagging from it. So it was nasty. But that Cinderbach man, I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. <laughs> It's like I mentioned on the show. It's the only beer from Heavyweight that I've had that I've you know not really. Yeah, I mean Heavyweight. I love the I love Stick and Jab Alt. I think uh, Pekino's Hammer is really good. Uh, Rich Platt sent us a message about. Um, oh yeah, this is an exchange about uh, Anheuser Busch and them Old Dominion, right? Yeah, picking up Old Dominion, and apparently they're they're kind of watering down Old Dominion, their Oak Barrel Stout. And New River Pale Ale, and are kind of they're no longer brewing hard time select lager. So I mean they're really kind of destroying Old Dominion. That I mean yeah if, I mean if what this email says uh, was there a I guess it wasn't a message board post it was just an email to yeah. the, a mailing list. Uh, it, it's bad you know like especially when they say they're watering down Oak Barrel Stout. To me, Oak Barrel Stout's like around here. It's the only beer on Nitro Tap worth getting. It maintains the flavor. It doesn't get right. washed out. And I could imagine if you just change it even a little bit, the Nitro Tap part, the oak barrels are just going to taste boring, you know, washed out Irish stout. So who wants that? I mean, you can get Guinness anywhere. Yeah, you want something different from Guinness when, you, and that's what Oak Barrel gave you. So 
That that's really disappointing, and maybe it's something we can bring up when we go talk to the Anheuser Busch guys again in the month. Yeah, they'll they'll probably not have any knowledge I mean, of what they're doing there. They'll poo poo it, and they won't probably talk to us. On, let's try to get some mic. more. Yeah, let's try to get some more information about what's happening. Yeah, and maybe we can ask them like more scientific, like you know. Have you done? I mean, we well, can ask them if they've done anything. The recipe they told us last year how you know the, how it was fascinating how they reverse engineered Rolling Rock to get the right. same flavor with a different brewing process. Now, Rolling Rock fans will say it tastes different. You know, taste is a funny thing. It's hard to make it one hundred percent the same. But um, yeah, why 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 would you make try to change Old Dominion to make it you know in air quotes? More profitable, more shareholder friendly, you know, stuff like that. When you buy a craft brewery, isn't it supposed to be about the flavors? So, their argument will probably be, we don't think the beer has been compromised, right? So, well, I mean, it's something that we'll ask because that's our that's our job. That's why we're going there. We're not going there because we're shills. We're going there because we're journalists. At least that's the that's the idea. That's the idea. So, actually, we're a couple guys who do a beer podcast that are lucky enough to don't tell anyone. <laughs> Uh, well, but let me go back to this. Uh, which one is this? Is the lost and found? I mean, what the first when you first sip it, you think, okay, a lot of flavor here. It's good, but I'm going to get overwhelmed by this. But then it just fades, and it just it, it finishes so clean. The um, the raisins in there mm-hmm. it masquerades as an oxidized double, but it doesn't have any of the bad characters you get from oxidized. Right. It's kind of the good part of oxidized. Yes, it's got. You know, that's exactly that. That's so. That's such a great description because it, it, you know, it has that 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 front kick kind of sherry like, mm-hmm. um, but then the alcohol doesn't overwhelm you. It doesn't like lay. It doesn't lay there and just kind of in the finishing stick cardboard. Around. Yeah, you know? and oh, it's it's it uh, oxidizes. It, it masquerades as an oxidized double. <laughs> wow, these guys are great. As the beer warms, you you said that the. I'm starting to think that the power on the raisins is getting a little bit stronger in proportion to the beer. Because as the beer warms, more flavors coming out. Mm-hmm. And the raisins are coming out at a higher percentage than the rest of the flavors. So, actually, as it warms, I'm not as hot on it as, was, as I was when it was cooler. It's not like it got that much cooler. I mean, it's been out here for about an hour. So, I'm just... Saying what it is, what it is, Greg. It is, it is what it is. <laughs> this is how we treat our fans. We want them to give us DVDs. <laughs> yeah, pay us for DVDs. We'll annoy the hell out of you. Here's a, a a news report about where are the Texas craft brewers? Apparently, there, there's a, a a lack of craft brewing or craft brewers around Texas. I mean, there's Shiners, right? And there's brewery restaurants like Covey and Fort Worth. But there's really a lack. And the question is, they was, was posed to the Brewer Association, Julia Hertz, who was a marketer. More marketing speak, right? Well, no, I've, I've talked with Julia. She, I mean, Brewers Association, they're a trademark for craft beer. Right. So they'll definitely do the marketing thing, but they're doing it for the best right. possible yeah. person. So, But she said, you know, well, it's, it's really two factors. One is, you know, the heat. The heat makes the environment less conducive to stronger beers. That's part of it. And there's also a, a heavy uh, Latino population, which they claim sways things into more of a of a lagerish Miller chill. 
lagerish perspective. I mean, I don't know if you can say, oh, well, they're Latinos, so they don't drink their beer. <laughs> they don't drink good beer. But that, that just seems a little bit silly to me. It's like you know, it's a borderline racist. Yeah. Right <laughs> a little bit. The, right? um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. The heat, you know, it's a big thing. Um, basic Brewing Radio. James is back after his uh, vacation, and uh, I'm obscenely behind on So we're never going to catch up to him. I'm obscenely, behind, <laughs> I'm obscenely behind on listening to podcasts. So he probably has two or three episodes out now. I haven't heard any of them. But he had a listener in India, homebrewer in India, and there's no ingredients over there. He has to buy all his ingredients international shipping. The hops are all dry and ruined when they get there. But, um, you know, it comes in... The whole temperature thing was very apparent in the guy's email. He was talking about, you know... You think in India you don't have huge refrigerators, so he doesn't have room to use a refrigerator for a fermenter. And so he's fermenting beer at like 90, 92 degrees. Way, way too hot for anything. Yeah. Even like a Saison or something. Um, I suppose maybe you could do a Saison that hot. But, you know, that's where he has to ferment his beer. So that's one of the reasons that there's not much home brewing there. And Texas is, while not India... To a lesser degree, it's the same but kind Texas of thing. But Texas is kind of a dry heat, right? I mean, it's not its not a humid heat like it is around here in D.C. or something like that. I mean, it's more, it's drier. It's just, it, in areas where there's, where it's hotter, there's not as much brewing historically. And, take you know, things, you know, sure, air conditioning refrigeration is cheap now, but you know how humans work. It, it's just slow to adapt. Yeah. You know? And there's breweries in Texas, there's breweries in Florida. There's also a couple of laws that, that prevent Texans. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a bunch of craft beer laws that make it really hard for for a craft brewer to make money. Oh, okay. So, and they go into detail in this article, and you can just search for where are the Texas craft brewers and find this article. But it's uh, it's interesting from a perspective of, of some places that may not have a lot of craft breweries and why don't they. And it is true that you do find a lot more breweries in the colder climates. In mm-hmm. general, I mean, then again, you get to the West Coast and they're everywhere, and it's right. not exactly cold there. Right, right. But I mean, you think you know, you're Milwaukee. I think it has a lot to do with people being, you know, beer makers settled in settled in colder climates in the United States because it was easier to make beer there, and refrigeration wasn't prevalent in the you know right. late 1800s. Um, they stayed there; it became part of the culture. So, beer culture is taken off there, and in South Carolina, Arcan- what, you know, Alabama, which, you know, places with these crazy beer laws, you know, don't have the same kind of beer culture. And it's the same with Texas, Florida, things like that. But thank you for reminding me about beer culture. He says, I, I meant to bring this up and I have been, I kept forgetting, but Pittsburgh beer culture has been coming alive. Every new bar, I think I may have mentioned this before, but every new bar really has a whole bunch of taps. Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming out with a lot of taps now. And it's like, Finally, we're starting to see Pittsburgh beer culture starting to get past the adolescent stage. Well, it's that, and a new trend that I'm loving is non-smoking good beer bars. Right. Um, Rivertown Poorhouse out in uh, Monroeville, the uh, same part of the chain of the Rivertown Inn where we went to get that is that one time, uh-huh. um, went there on the way back from D.C., ordered, uh, they had two different samplers, I ordered their samplers, and I'll tell you right now, Greg, I've never, ever been to a brew pub anywhere in the country where I've enjoyed the entire flight of beer as much as really? I did at the Rivertown Poorhouse. Wow. It was just one good... Every beer was between very good and outstanding. Wow, that's that's great. I mean, it is what it is, but that's great. 
I, 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 uh, I just, you know, it's been a couple of weeks now, so I'm kind of off it. But when I was like the first couple of days, I just could not stop thinking about, wow, I've, I just couldn't stop thinking about, wow, I've never, you know, I've had samplers at, you know, every brew pub I've been to just mm-hmm. about. And usually there's one or two really good beers, you know, if it's a bad brew pub, maybe not. But excuse me, I can think of that, uh, that beer pub that was near where we stayed in Coeur Lane that just didn't really have a good, mm-hmm. a great beer. I mean, they had beers that were decent, but didn't have a great beer there at all. Right. Yeah, so I was thinking, you know, we're going to have to go out to Rivertown sometime and give it another try because, uh, I mean, after one visit, it definitely impressed me. And if they're consistently like that, then I'm going to have to give it a couple more tries. But I'm ready to say it's the best brew pub in the Pittsburgh area. Wow. So. Wow. Wow. Yep. So you want to go on the last beer? Um, absolutely. Let me well, finish up this Lost and Found. So while he's finishing up, let me bring out another a news article. A new law in Connecticut allows brew pubs to sell their beers beyond the pub. So finally, brew pubs will be able to bottle and sell their beers. Uh, Does that include growlers, or were growlers okay before? I know? think growlers were probably okay before, but you know they, they'll they're like we have like for instance a good example is Boulevard. Boulevard mm-hmm. is a brew pub. But they also sell their beer. Uh, Church Brewers from around here. Right. Uh, brews their beer and sells it. Um, Victory, I think, is a brew pub, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, Victory has, has a, a restaurant. Right. But they're more of a production brewery that has a restaurant than a brew pub that sells their beer. Okay. Uh, so, but, but they're not, I guess they weren't allowed by, by Connecticut law to sell beers beyond their, their actually point of production, but now they can. So that's really good for everybody in Connecticut. Okay, so now we're moving on to... They, they had a big deal. I'm sorry. They had a big deal about how this is creating 40 new jobs in the state of Connecticut. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. Well, we are moving on to the Judgment Day. Judgment Day. That's a good, good way to end. Uh, ooh, 10.5%, huh? It's, it is what it is. It is. Is this a quad? Looks like it. <laughs> I'm excited. This is it's pours a wow. It's very very dark. Black with well, maybe it's a really dark brown. Yeah, when it pours, it's brown. It doesn't pour stout black, but in the glass, it's collective. It's just a hair off black. Very sweet Ooh, aroma. Cherries. Some of that naturally raisin dark fruit flavor, not the puree that's mm-hmm. been added. It's mm-hmm. interesting how the flavor is different, or the aroma is different on the chair on the raisins. This has raisins in it. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. Well, Dolly this has dextrose and raisins. It has dextrose, you know, in in place of Belgian candy sugar, or maybe they that's what they're defining there as dextrose. Uh, Malta Aturo wheat medium dark English crystal special B and chocolate malt Challenger and East Kent Golding hops, and their proprietary Belgian ale strain. Now, while I'm smelling this, I want to point out this email we got from Brian Brunek, who says, Love the show. Listen to all the episodes. Thank you very much. Glad you do that. But he cannot escape the sound of Greg's nose and his voice. Maybe this has been addressed before, but it really sounds like he is stuffed up all the time. I respect his opinion. No, he can smell. Well, that I mean, that, that that's all I care about. <laughs> you're, you're amazingly not stuffed up tonight. Yeah, t- tonight it's cut well. Then A little bit, yeah. when you... 
But uh, it's funny he commented on your voice because you're the guy with more of a radio voice than me. I well, mean, I, I don't know if I would go that far. I do have sort of a nasally voice, in that but you have of, a better better bass than I do. When I my basses are all will mm, Jeff. My basses are all muddled together, and it takes away from my voice. I actually have the bass turned down on my EQ, where yours is full blast. So. Well, so you're the one with the gay voice, right? Yep, I'm the gay and voice. And I'm the one with the with the nasally voice. What, what I do have a nasally voice. That, that That's sort of a family trait. My, I, I explained to him, my mother is going through surgery now for a, a sinus infection. I had a sinus infection when I was younger. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you can't choose your parents. You can't choose your genetics. So it's right. just how you are. But I, I do kind of have a nasally voice. So I apologize for that, but it is what it is. And is there any other email? I think that's pretty much... There's a couple uh, We Love Your Shows, which we thank you, thank you, but we don't want to read them because we sound too self-aggrandizing. Right. Yep, so it's time to do Judgment Day. Kind of smells great, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It has an aroma that is not necessarily Belgian. It's it's a bit Imperial Stout. It's a bit... No, I can smell porter. some Belgian on there because, well, I well, mean, there's a big raisin-y thing. Yeah, I mean, the raisin thing. Rain, yeah. So, like... I'm thinking I get more raisins generally from an Imperial Stout than I do from a quad, you know? Right. So that's maybe why I'm getting the Imperial Stout type aroma. Or Imperial Porter especially, yeah. right? I mean, those really have a raisin. Or Baltic Porter or something yeah. like that. Wow, that's velvet. <laughs> that is smooth and silky and velvety. I mean, there's a lot of raisin to it, but I mean, it's it's like what you want from a quad. You want, you want I mean, and, and there it is. It kind of, it still... It still is. I mean, it's there, but it's, it's not over. It's the, not going to uh, kill you. The biggest contrast I noticed was on the other three breers, they've been really prickly in the carbonation. Right. And this one is velvety. This one is smooth. Mm. This is going to be very hard to judge. I don't even want to pick. <laughs> I don't want to pick favorites. Can I love them all? <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, you know, raving about these beers, uh, last show, or two shows ago, when I was talking about the whole collaboration selling to send people to the, the, the brew crew, the brew squad, you know, the rat pack of brewers to uh, Belgium, mm-hmm. I called Tommy Tome, because his name's spelled T-O-M-M-E. Right. And I didn't realize it was Tommy. So Tom Schmidlin, former beer Is it drinker. Tommy or Tommy? It's Tommy. Tommy. The... Uh, Tom Schmidlin, former beer drinker of the year, wrote in. It's like, I can't believe you haven't heard of Tommy Arthur. Well, I've heard of Lost Abbey and, and Pizza Port, but no, I, before the last couple of weeks, I couldn't have told you Tommy Arthur was the brewer of Pizza Port. Just, they're so far off the radar here yeah. in Pittsburgh that you just I mean, don't know yeah, much San about Diego them. San Diego to Pittsburgh is a long way. This is a great quad. <laughs> is, would you really call, call it a quad? Yeah, absolutely. Is it, is it full enough in the mouthfeel? be quaddish it's definitely full enough but also has a little bit of the tapering off that is indicative that it really is part of all of these beers that maybe it tapers off and my memory was of the aftertaste which was thinner but the initial taste certainly fills your mouth up i love a beer that tapers off like that because i mean there's still some flavor going around but it's it's not over it's, it's not too much I've had very little water. I usually drink a lot of water during these, mm-hmm. especially when I have a lot of strong beers because I want to get that off of my tongue. I don't need to. Right. It, it definitely cleans. It's a self-cleaning yeah, beer. Yeah. And a 10.5% beer to do that, that's hard. I have not. It's either, it's either hard or it's something a lot of brewers don't it, do. It's hard. You know, some brewers will use an excess of carbonation to help scrub your tongue. This one's not overly carbonated. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm really impressed by these guys. 
Well, I wish they were here. I wish I could buy them all the time. Uh, you need a pipeline from, yeah. uh, from San Diego. Like we said, a very small one, but, you know, a pipeline. Whew. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this and see if I can judge these. Damn it, Is it really fair to rank tonight? I no, it's not fair at all. But people expect that. So what are you going to do? I don't know if I can. I do not know if I can do it. I can do it. I guess I have favorites. I guess there is favorites. They're all tremendous. Let's say that. Yeah. I wouldn't throw any of these beers out of my glass. No, I I think they're they're all outstanding examples of their style. Really terrific examples of, of 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 beer in general. You know, at the end of the year, when we pick our wild beers, I, I think almost any of these might be on the list. It's, I mean, a wild brewery, right? Yeah, certainly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's certainly worthy of a brewery vertical. We've only given a handful out so far. and Maybe um, our most worthy. I mean, of all that we've done. Well, well Dogfish Head, too. Well, I mean, the Dogfish Head has such an eclectic line. Yeah. That you really can't taste their beers without doing a vertical. Because yeah. <laughs> there's no styles to fit in most of their beers. But I, I can't have I can't have enough praise for these beers, and it's just you know, I don't want to. It's not that each one was better than the next, but each one was just excellent, 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 excellent. Okay, I have my order, and like I said, these are within millimeters of each other. Mm. The number four beer will be the Lost and Found with the Raisiny Double. Okay, it warmed up. Thought the raisins got a little too strong, but other than that, I have nothing bad to say about the beer. Uh, number three will be the Avant Garde, good beer. But just not, in you know, millimeters away from the other two. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to put the uh, saison. The last time you saison, tremendous. You the love saison, so I totally the, understand the that. The ginger, the, the grains of paradise. It was a, it was a flavored journey. It was the most biggest journey of tasting a beer tonight. But the Judgment Day is just so tasty. It's a very tasty beer. that I think I'm going to have to put in one. It's smooth and. While Greg prefers carbonated beers, I like smoother, less carbonated beers more, so that gives it a point. But I love quads. For the smooth, right. So that's one of the reasons I picked the Judgment Day. And the flavor is just so smooth and round. And, yeah. It's, and it's, it, it's, it's accessible. Like you it's said, it's not velvety. harsh. It's, it's a nice beer. So that's my order. Okay. Judgment Day, then Saison, then have a beer to guard, then the Abbey with the raisins. All right. So let's see here. Avant Garde kind of gets the shaft because after all these great beers, I don't know if I remember it too well. Avant Garde kind of hits last just because it's their, their most uh, most regular Belgian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of a golden Belgian. Yeah, old, it's, it's not too far off from what you expect. From it's a great beer. Golden. I mean, it really is tasty. It has, I mean, it has flavor to it. It's a Belgian amber. It, it, it's not going to star like these other ones do. Okay. Uh, my next one is actually Judgment Day. Um, I, I mean, I love quads. I love quads. I love this one. The other two are just better. That's okay. all I can say. The other two are better. The Lost and Found is is number two for me. Just uh, wow. I mean, a, a great exam. You know, great double. I, I love the way it. I mean, that had such a great way of coming on and then tapering off. I, I liked it a lot better when it was had a little bit of chill to it. Once it warmed up, I thought the raisins got a little overpowering. So that's not wasn't really my experience. I kind of mm-hmm. liked it the whole way through. But you know, you might want to look out for that if if you're looking. You know, keep it chilled if you want to keep that. 
raisin that tapers off from it. And the, the night number one has got to be the Saison. I mean, that bouquet that left in your mouth was so spectacular and yeah. so so great to just kind of journey through. I mean, it told a story. It told a story in its flavor, and it was... It, you know, stay tuned in the post-show, and I might revise my rankings to pick the Saison over the quad. I really like I mean, they are this yeah. far apart. And I... I liked it so much that I like. Did I make the right decision? I'm like second guessing myself. I'm like, is Craft Beer Radio going to survive for my mistakes? Um, I'd like to say that Craft Beer Radio is bigger than either of us. Yeah. Well, technically, if I don't upload the show, then there's no Craft Beer Radio. Shut so. up, Jeff. <laughs> okay, but um, if you see Lost Abbey, if you're in Southern California and you can get some Lost Abbey or probably any pizza port beer for that matter. Buy it. Yeah. And and drink it. You will not be disappointed. Unless, like, for some reason we got the four good Lost Abbeys and the rest are crap, but I can't imagine that. Uh, buy any beer from Port Brewing Company that you can find, because if they're anything like these three, they're some of the best beers that we've had this year. <laughs> yeah, four beers. <laughs> you have a lot to drink? Yeah. They're some of the best beers that we've had this year. But it is what it is. They are what they are <laughs> absolutely well thank you everybody for listening to craft beer radio go to our website and buy our dvd or we won't buy like you DVD. anymore we won't like you anymore if you don't and you'll get tons of great swag and those pink dog flying dog panties they're looking for a good home yes and uh, they're probably uh, a woman's medium seven eight <laughs> nine i don't know somewhere in i there. would say a size zero <laughs> They're not that small. You don't think so? They're not super tiny. They're not like a six-year-old quorum. No, uh, but I mean, they're, they're small. Why don't you grab them and see if there's a size on them? Okay. What the hell? And if you get these panties, you'll know Greg has touched them. <laughs> Which might be a turn-off. It might be a turn-on. Medium, it says. Okay, they're a woman's medium. I don't know what the hell they're I don't called. think I'd look good in them. Even no, I, I don't want to see Greg in the woman's panties. They're not a G-string, so if you don't like riding up your butt, you're still good to go. Buy our DVD and get the panties. <laughs> Buy our DVD and get a picture of the panties. I don't know if I want to go through all that work. Well, okay. Greg wearing the panties? If no, it, if sorry. So, if it sells DVDs. Hey, you know, if enough people write in saying they want that, okay. But it's going to have to, you're going to have to send the money beforehand. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. That's enough, a free purchase. Enough silliness for the main show. Tune in for the post show to hear some more silliness. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Absolutely. Next week, we're going to be back with best listeners. Probably some more Belgians. Off the top of my head, I have no idea what we're drinking next week. Talk to you later. See ya. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. Send us an email at beer at craftbeerradio.com or check out our website, craftbeerradio.com, for forums and more information. Our music, opening and closing, were Out of Towners by the band St. Dragon, available from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is licensed under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Party on, everybody. Stop it.